your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Everybody has a story to tell about their experiences. Well, you have a story to tell about your own experiences. But how are you taking them and turning them into positive imprints for not only yourself, but others? Well, my tagline is a good point of reflection, especially in December. Your positive imprint. What's your PI? December is a special time in many cultures worldwide for celebrations and traditions, and I don't know them all, so please send me an email of how you celebrate December. I'll share it on an episode later on here in December. Send it to Catherine at yourpositiveimprint.com, that's my email, or go to my website and contact me through there, yourpositiveimprint.com. Well, December for me has changed. Not the meaning, but my emotions and my memories. We lost my dad at Christmas dinner suddenly, with no warning, in 2017. And I received this very special note from a listener, Lorraine, in Canada. My wishes to you for a peaceful Christmas that is rich with the love of your family. I hope that you feel your father's love throughout. Lorraine, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Well, grieving is such a private thing, but also a very social one. We need to talk about our feelings, and there are countless people in the world to chat with. Strangers, family members, friends, grief coaches, support groups. But one thing for sure is that each and every one of us grieves. Grieving isn't all about death. Grieving can take place with the loss of a job a home, or a few pounds gained. Kids grieve in school when they aren't invited to play with others. Some grieving can be joined with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, grieving can bring about very positive changes within a person, but it takes effort. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint, the variety show that features worldwide conversations with people whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. What's your PI? Today's guest is Julie Clough, a mother whom, after losing two young children in an horrific car accident, succumbing to tremendous post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, has gone on a journey seeking answers and forgiveness. During this journey, she discovered that helping others through grief and forgiveness is what her positive imprints are. She is founder of her company and host of her podcast with the same name, Build a Life After Loss. Her mission is to coach those who have experienced the tremendous pain of loss to build a life of joy and purpose. Julie, welcome to Your Positive Imprint. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I have listened to many of your podcasts, and Julie, I'm so impressed with your mission and how you took self-action to get beyond your PTSD and your grief. And I I want you to be able to, you know, within your comfort zone, uh, to share that on, on this podcast so that listeners hear how you are taking this mission and changing lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
I, it seems like I have been a student of grief most of my life, unfortunately. I, I lost a brother to suicide, and then I went through a difficult divorce. And I don't know why we say difficult divorce, because I don't know any divorce that's not difficult. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I went through a divorce when I had three young children and, and remarried and had three more children. And then a few years later, my youngest were eight and ten. And I was the driver of the car and we were in a rollover accident. And it, the, unfortunately, Carrie, who was 10, and David, who was 8 at the time, um, passed away in that accident almost immediately. And so that took me on a journey that I never expected to be on and introduced me to a greater pain than I had, ne- than I had ever experienced before. And like you mentioned in the intro, PTSD and other complications, it was very difficult to drive a car. It was, uh, it was just the pain of it was just horrendous. And, and the pain recognizing that I was at fault was tremendous. And, but I, I think that because of my previous losses, there was a sense in me that there was hope, that there was a possibility of rebuilding because I had gone through some painful things in the past and somehow I had come through it. And, and even though this was horrific and I, I, I didn't, I couldn't see the light uh, at the end of the tunnel, you know, if, if you will, for a long time, I did have this glimmer of hope in the background that there was a possibility of rebuilding and, and I was able to do that. But then it took me a few years to figure out how I could help other people in those circumstances. And I'm really grateful that I took that time. It's been 12 years. The accident happened on Mother's Day in 2007, and it's been 12 years. And I'm tremendously grateful that I have had that time to heal and reflect before I started my podcast, before I started my coaching, so that I could really could really be in this good place so that I can help lift others because I think it's really difficult to do that in in a place of pain. I'm so sorry for your loss, and I'm happy that you found a way to find yourself again in such a positive way. And and you said that there was light at the end of the tunnel. You, You knew that there was. So there are people, there are countless people who have gone through what you have gone through, but they never did see that light in the tunnel. So what what made you know that there was something there? Was it faith? Was it every day you woke up and you said, well, I love my kids. What can I do to help others? What, what brought you to know that? You know, that's such a great question. And I do think a great portion of that was my personal faith. I do have tremendous faith and I and I do have faith that I will be reunited with my children again that I will be reunited with my children again and and I I I believe that but even when people believe that it's still difficult to to overcome the pain of the current separation so it's even in our faith sometimes, even in our understanding that we, we will be reunited in the future, that doesn't necessarily automatically take away the pain of the current separation. And, and, and like I said before, I really do think that because I had experienced other painful situations and I, 
I understood this idea that the way that I feel now is not necessarily how I'm going to feel a month from now, a year from now, two years from now. One of the things that that happened to me, though, that I think is, as I'm working with people, I'm finding is fairly common, is that when we go through something super difficult, like losing children is just one of the one of the most difficult things that you can go through. When you go through something super difficult like that, you have this period where you understand that no one expects you to be functioning properly. I mean, no one expects it and you don't expect it of yourself, but then you get to a certain point and sometimes that's a date. Like we, a lot of times people think, Oh, that first year. And then once I get past the first year, I'm going to be okay. When they get past the first year and they're not okay. And that's what happened to me. Like I got past those first couple of years and and not only did I still was I still experiencing the pain of the loss, but then I was heaping additional pain on myself because I wasn't better. And I'm doing that with air quotes. But I, I, I think there's this imaginary line that we think, oh, if I can just get to this point, if I if I'll be better by then. And when we're not, then we then we start creating more pain for ourselves by beating ourselves up for not being there. But there's, there's certain things that we just don't understand. And when we, when we experience grief, usually when we experience grief, it's, it's the first time we're experiencing it or it's the first time we're experiencing it to that level. And we just don't even know what to do. And that's, that's where I want to be able to help people. I want to, you know, I've been trained as a grief recovery specialist. And so I, I have tools that I can offer people that will help them in the healing process. And that still doesn't mean that, oh, there's a date, you know, by this time you'll be okay. It's not the way it works, but it's, it's a process where we get to understand better our grief so that we can, so we can take the steps of healing. Let me go to one of your podcasts. I, this one podcast you did was amazing. It was about the forgive and condone versus each other, forgive versus condoning. And so how did you forgive yourself? Where was that point? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, for something as horrific as that, it's how do you forgive yourself? What can you tell people that you get to that point where you are forgiving, but it's not condoning, just like with anything that happens, you know, you hit your brother, well, your mom says, say you're sorry, but saying you're sorry doesn't mean you're condoning it. So Forgiveness and saying you're sorry is our choice, as you talked about in your podcast, which was great, and for letting ourselves off the hook. Yeah. So that's that's powerful, really powerful. It, it so really walk is. through how you came upon your forgiveness inside. Yeah, well, that's a really interesting journey for me. And it and it really does go back to my faith. I I had some, I had experiences where during, during the accident, after the accident, where it became, so, uh, you know, just to kind of share my thought process, I, I don't believe that people generally die before their time. And Carrie and David, oddly enough, had been in an accident when they were five years old. This is the most bizarre thing, but we had moved into a new house and they were upstairs and they had decided to open the, the, the window in the um, game room upstairs. 
that looked out over the pool deck and the dog was down there and they both were leaning on the screen talking to the dog and they fell out the window. Oh my gosh. Onto the pool deck. Yeah. Bizarre, strange, like all, yeah, it was, I, I was in the other room. Next thing I know, I hear my husband screaming. I hear everybody like rushing to the back and, and, and that's what had happened. So we had that experience with them just oddly enough. And I had these, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I had these experiences during the accident when, when I knew that they had been thrown from the car, but I was physically injured myself. So I wasn't able to get out of the car and get to them. But I had this experience where I knew they were either both still here or they were both gone. They were extremely close to each other. So I just, I, my faith informed my process, but at the same time, it was an ugly, ugly journey. Like there were horrific nights, horrific nights of beating myself up and crying until there were no more tears. There was no more energy for crying. And it was months and months and years of and years of coming to terms with what had happened and how it had happened. But I do believe that at some point, like it's the whole idea that I never tried to induce any pain on my children. It, it was not my intent ever. And even in the, in the driving across country, I, I never, ever even felt sleepy. So it wasn't like I'd had these sleepy moments and I thought, oh, I should pull over. I never even felt sleepy the whole trip. And so it was purely an accident. And my own faith has informed my pro my thinking on that and that it was meant to happen. Like I, I had an experience one day when I was having this conversation. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation like this in your head, but my thought was, why did it have to happen like this? Like I had this, I guess I'd had this impression that it was their time, whether I like that or not. But then my thought was, well, why did it have to happen like this? And the returning thought was, how would you have liked it to happen? And there is no good answer to that. But here, here's the important piece to this, because everybody's going to have their different they're different faith, they're different beliefs, they're different systems. And, and that's not really the point. The point is we get to believe what we want to believe. And I finally realized that I didn't need anybody else to confirm what I was thinking or feeling. I could believe what I wanted to believe. And that gave me a lot of hope. And that gave me a lot of security in my own thoughts and feelings. Wow, I commend you for reflecting and thinking through all of this because PTSD, I mean, it could have taken you and you were able to really get through it with counseling for yourself and and support from family members and friends. And I think, wow, your words, I, I love those. How would you like it to happen? Oh my gosh, that that really punches hard because we don't think about that we all have lived with some sort of grief in our life, all of us, and whether it be the magnitude of what you went through or, well, it doesn't even need to be the magnitude of what you went through because like you said, it's how we see our situations. You know, some people are going to see losing a job as the absolute worst thing in their life. And 
you know, and they're going to grieve through that, and that's hard for some people to get through. So how would you like it to happen? Wow, Jill, that's that's amazing. So now you're you're on this you've been on this journey. You're there. You are already sharing these positive imprints with the world. And let's talk about that and what you're doing with your experiences and how you are changing those lives of others with your inspiration. Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because there are so many different types of losses and it's really important that we not compare our losses with other people's losses because we each, whether it's a job loss, whether it's the loss of a, a, a dog that's been our special you know, companion for many years, whether it's the loss of our health, all of those losses create feelings of grief and we 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 grieve at 100% regardless of what the loss is. So what I'm doing now is I I became aware of life coaching and and one of the things that I really struggled with after the death of my children was I had been homeschooling my children for a number of years and my and I had you know spoken at conferences and I'd been involved in that that community helping other people and I had thought while I was doing that, that once my children were grown, that this is what I would be doing, is I would be supporting the homeschooling community, parents that want to to educate their children. And so um, when the kids died, I had absolutely no interest in that anymore. It just changed everything for me. And so I I really struggled to know what I wanted to do next. And then I came across coaching and I thought this is this is wonderful because it gives you an opportunity to talk to someone and to get some tools and and to to help you to support you in taking action. And I started to thinking thinking about wanting to support people like myself whose lives had been turned upside down in creating a new life. Like that just was something that I just felt really called to do. And then as I was going through that process of getting trained and so forth, I realized that if I was helping people that had had experienced loss to recreate their life, that the first thing that they needed to do was to come to terms with their grief. Because even if we're ready to move forward, sometimes we still have grief, lingering grief that we need to resolve in order to move forward. Otherwise, our grief becomes a constant drag on our life, a constant drag on our ability to have happiness. And so that became my new focus was to to gain the tools because I knew what my grief was. I knew what my experience was. I had learned a ton from my personal experience, but I also felt a need to get trained so that I would have the tools to help people. And, and so that's what I did. So I, I was, I was trained as a life coach. I was trained as a grief recovery specialist. And so I combined those two things to help people to, to look at their past and figure out if there are things that are unresolved that need to be resolved and then be able to start looking forward. And it's wonderful to work with clients that I take them through the grief recovery method or the grief recovery process, and then we start looking forward, and it's a it's a wonderful combination. Oh yes, looking forward is always something positive, and I I love 
the name that you have given to your company and to your podcast of the same name. Build a life after loss. Mm-hmm. That right there is, it says it all, really. Well, and Catherine, it's it's interesting to see that when 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 the accident happened, Facebook wasn't really a thing. But now Facebook is is huge, right? And 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 it's and some people use it and some people don't, but still there's a ton of people that use it. And what I have noticed over the last couple of years is that Facebook a lot of times is where people or any social media outlet is where people are going for support. And oftentimes that support is not hopeful. It is in it and in not being hopeful, it's also not helpful. So it instead of helping us and supporting us in our loss, it it supports us in staying in our grief. And and that is really what I'm trying to counteract. I, I want a place where people can get positive messages about grief. Grief is normal. It is the normal reaction to loss. So there's nothing wrong with us if we're grieving. But if we're constantly seeing messages that that our grief is going to be with us the rest of our life, then that's not hopeful. And therefore, it's not helpful. Because if we don't believe that we can heal, we won't. And there are accounts out there that are unfortunately, disseminating that message, that unhelpful message to thousands of people. And I really want to counteract that. And I really want to be an example of hope for people and say, look, you know, I know it's hard and it's not easy. And this is normal. This is normal for you to have grief. But at the same time, it's also normal to heal. Yes, it is. And again, what you're doing and in, in your mission is is definitely providing that hope and providing people with with not just coaching but somebody that actually will listen because oftentimes like you say people uh, don't want to listen they want to just quickly say well you know and and provide some sort of other message and i think it's important that people view life coaching and find life coaches, at least somebody that they're comfortable with. And so how did, you know, all of this transpire with your family? Because you, you know, the children had have their dad, and you were able to support each other. So how do you use that also in your conversations when you're trying to build a life after loss for others or with others in their own journeys? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, you know, relationships are when when you're grieving, relationships are really affected by that. And there's a couple of things that really affect that. And one is that everyone is going to grieve differently. Sure, and so absolutely. it's super hard when you're in a close relationship and you see one person grieving one way and you're grieving and you're, you're, then we start like either judging ourselves going, we're not doing it right. Or we're judging the other person saying they're not doing it right. And there is no right or wrong. Um, and that's but, good to know. That's a good message for people who are in a relationship to know that there is no right or wrong. Thank you for that. Yeah. And absolutely. And, and it is tough. It is tough to maintain that relationship because each of 
our grief is unique to us. So even though we're, we had a relationship with the same person that maybe was lost or even like, um, like in a divorce situation, when someone goes through a divorce, the mother has a relationship with the, with the, the father and now the ex-husband and the children have a relationship with that same father and everybody's relationship is unique. So even when it's someone who's passed away and we have close family members that, that with the same family member that they've lost, everybody's relationship is unique and therefore their grief is unique. So super important to, to remember that. And, um, and we all just kind of do this journey individually and which is one of the reasons I love doing what I do because I can work with people individually and we can, and like you said, that talking is so important and we wear, we wear our relationships out because we are so preoccupied with our loss that we want to talk about it. And a lot of times people get to the point where you may find that your, your family, your friends don't want to listen anymore, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, that happens. Share your podcast a little bit and what it offers to the public, to the listeners. Absolutely. So the podcast was kind of the the, the first thing of, of Build a Life After Lost, Loss. And that was just an opportunity for me to share with people some of the things that I've learned about grief, some of the things I've learned about rebuilding. And, and like you said, a lot of the episodes are solo episodes. So I will take a concept like forgiveness was a recent um, episode that I did. And I'll take a concept and we'll explore that concept. And I always tell people, you know, it's kind of like going into a dress store. You don't go into a store and say, I'll take everything. We go in and we try things on and we see this, I like this and I don't like that. And, and it's the same way with, with anything that we learn. We have the opportunity to listen and to explore new ideas and things that we hadn't ta- thought about before and to try those ideas on and see if they fit and see if they can benefit our life. And sometimes, sometimes I, like, like today, I shared some thoughts, you know, my specific thoughts that I had after the accident. And some people may not believe what I said, and that's fine. It's just a part, it's just, you come in and you try on what, what works for you. And the whole idea is to give people a place where they can listen and to gain some additional understanding and hopefully some, some compassion for themselves. You know, my, my, one of my taglines for the podcast is, I want to help increase people's confidence. And I think our confidence takes a toll after loss and during grief. Grief is a very low vibration feeling. And so it really kind of brings us down. You know, we <laughs> we jokingly think about like Eeyore, right? Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we know what it looks like when we don't feel up, when we feel like the 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 grief is a, a downward constricting feeling. It's normal and natural, but it doesn't feel good. So getting some good information and some, some good tools is super valuable. Well, and I think coming from somebody with any experience in grief, which is really all of us, can help others. That's why conversation is so important in any relationship. Well, I want to talk about your self-action because there's 
people don't seem to want to look at self-action as a way to heal themselves. They want to look at trying to find somebody else to take action. And Uh self-action is so imperative for each one of us to live a very healthful, happy, joyful life. So talk about that self-action, what you can do to help people understand that self-action within each of us. Oh, that is a great thing. I I love that because I I really feel like one of the things that helped me be successful in my own healing is I continued to take action. I continued to look for answers. And that's why that's why I said earlier, if we don't believe we can heal, we won't. Because we won't be looking for actions that we can take that will help us. When we when we believe that there is healing available, we're going to we're going to do the work. We're going to get in there and we're going to do the work and we're going to find those things that are helpful to us. And that's one of the things I love about grief recovery is it is a action program. It is an action program for completing the pain of loss. And we, you know, and I always say our support needs to be equal to our challenge. And we, as we take action, we really need support. We need support in taking that action. We need support in understanding. It's, um, yeah, action is super important. But before action comes that thought and that feeling. So the, the thought of believing that there is hope will help us if we believe that there's hope then that will give us a feeling of hope and we will move forward in action and i guess self-action it's really being proactive for yourself yourself. super important absolutely yes well you you have these amazing positive achievements and positive actions that are obviously inspiring others with helping others deal with their their progression we either overcome it or like you said earlier we don't see that hope and we don't feel that anything is going to be moving and we kind of keep ourselves there based on what we're seeing in our head or what how we're feeling and not doing anything proactive to get past that yeah two things on that is when we lose someone that we love a lot of times we hold on to our grief because we feel like that's holding on to the person. Oh, good point. But that's a good it point. It is really two different things. And when we go through, uh, when we have a difficult relationship, like like that ends, for example, in a divorce would be an example of that. We hold on to the grief because we it's that unforgiveness, right? We want to punish the other person. We have to be able to continue to recite their wrongdoings in order to feel vindicated, I guess. And so those are the two things that can really cause us to be stuck in grief, thinking that the grief is associated with the person, not wanting to let go of the person, therefore not wanting to let go of the grief, and feeling like we have to continually talk about the hurts in order to not let the other person off the hook. Those are, those are a couple of things that can really cause us to hold on to our grief and our pain. Those are good points. And I think that's where 
that self-action could really help in getting out of that. I have, uh, I have a friend, well, a couple of friends who went through a divorce and my husband and I were extremely close to them, but they never, ever, ever went through that proactive self-action to work towards their grief of, of all of this pain that during the divorce had caused. And our male friend, he died recently, and they never, ever made amends. And that breaks my heart. And it's kind of, you know, my husband and I grieved because of that, that that pain went with him and and we're mm-hmm. we're so sorry that he died with that pain and that grief i, I think that self action being proactive and when when you identify it i mean some people are are not going to identify it because they they don't want to go there mm-hmm. and what now what about ptsd how do you recognize ptsd PTSD. Well, I'll just tell you because I'm I'm not a therapist, and so I, I um, but I from my own personal experience, the post traumatic stress disorder. What that does is that creates this this it created this mindset for me where it's almost like the accident was ever present. Like to get in a car was just like, I, I felt like I was in the accident again, or to, to even to drive a car was just beyond me for a while. Um, because it, because it would bring back that, that stress that, you know, it's, it's the trauma, the trauma would just be almost like it was right then and there. And, and so it's, it's having to reprogram the brain. That's what I had to do was go through a therapy that uh, allowed me to, to kind of reprogram my brain so that I wasn't ever present in that trauma. Um, the grief recovery method specifically does address PTSD and, and some of the information on that. But, um, but that was my experience. It's, it's this, this, constant reliving of the trauma. What you just said helped me understand PTSD better. You said the accident was ever present day after day. Not having experienced PTSD, at least I don't think I ever have, those words really resonate for me with understanding PTSD, that it was that it's ever present. So whatever is going on in somebody's life where they're experiencing PTSD, it's happening right then and there. So thank you for that, because that certainly helps me to understand it a little bit better myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's almost, it's a, it's a physical response, you know, like I didn't have control over that physical response of just being in the middle of that trauma. Right. Oh, wow. So much with our brain. (laughs) (laughs) Our brain can, can make us or break us. Uh, with with our thoughts. Any last inspiring words that you want to share? Well, I'm just really grateful for this conversation and the opportunity to, to share my story and what's happened and and to be able to share a message of hope. Like to me, that's the most important piece is I just want people to recognize that there is hope. And I... I'm just really, really grateful. I'm, I'm particularly grateful for the people that I get to work with 
every single one of them are just so wonderful and and I'm just amazed at the wonderful people that I get to work with and so I and I just really appreciate the opportunity to share thank you oh well Julie Clough your message of hope is certainly found in build a life after loss Thank you, Julie, so much for your heartwarming words that you've shared today and your positive imprints that are certainly inspiring others. Thank you. If you'd like to get a hold of Julie, regardless of what your grieving or loss is, contact her through buildalifeafterloss.com. Well, music by Chris Knoll. Chris plays a multitude of piano genre, jazz, blues, instrumental, holiday. Check him out at chrisknoll.com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Your Positive Imprint. Twitter, What's Your PI? And connect with me on LinkedIn. Write positive reviews and hit those five stars. Check out my website at yourpositiveimprint.com. Sign up for email updates about this podcast and guests. Follow or subscribe to this podcast now. Your Positive Imprint. What's Your PI?